have a nice way with the audience. You, you, a lot of your shtick when you're doing your own thing involves audience participation. You, as a primarily as a musician, it's quite unusual, isn't it, for a musician to have that sort of charm. That a lot of musicians are sort of head down, you know, spend hours practicing and uh, and and don't really want to get too much involved with the audience. Is that something that you learned? Uh, somebody taught you your sort of skills on structuring a show and interacting, or you just picked it up as you went along? Yeah, I have to say, um, the first time I had to actually speak on a gig was about 25 years ago when I was doing a gig for Yamaha, the music company. And I was given a little script to talk about the instrument I was playing, which is essentially it was a demonstration of the instrument. So I had to talk about it for five minutes and what I liked about it and then go and play some, some random music of my choice for half an hour. And it was the most terrifying thing I'd ever done. I'd never spoken before. I'd simply just played in jazz clubs and let a front man speak for me or this kind of thing. Um, and it really was. If you'd seen me then, you'd have said, there's someone who's destined never to be in show business. The best he's ever going to rise to is, is a, a sideman, a musician behind backing somebody else. And then over the next sort of uh, 10 years or so, I backed there were a couple of acts specifically, Faye Presto the Magician, Magicienne, and um, a, a singer called James Biddlecombe, known as Biddy who was just a brilliant communicator and uh, just had a fantastic way with words and just utterly confident on stage and would do the most ludicrous things like singing the song Old Shep with a couple of socks on his ears and a, and a, a mic spoffle on his nose and go and lay his heads in the lap of the front row. And it, it sounds... And people went nuts for him. And just through the thing of, of watching performers like that and watching what they did, there's, it just began to dawn, you know, it's like every gig I did was a lesson. You, you don't even realise you're absorbing it. You pick up these incremental little changes. And just my confidence began to grow step by step. And I, I never really planned to do the, the, the show with the interaction, but it's, it came about because... Many times at parties, people say, oh, Harry, come and play something for us. And I say, what would you like? And then I used to do the thing of playing their requests in different styles, and it was always amusing. And I think that's, what I, that's how my show grew, because what I love is it's, it's like a sort of... It's not embarrassing the audience, it's making them feel clever. Because you're throwing out a challenge, ask me for a, an unusual song, and then in a different style, for example, you might say, play me the theme to The Archers in the start of Rachmaninoff, or play me The Simpsons in the start of Stevie Wonder, whatever it may be. And then when it happens on stage, a little bit of the credit for that is going to the audience, mm. because they created the suggestion. It works well. They yes. feel pleased with themselves. Yes, exactly. And they, they go away beaming, and it's like a little thing between the performer and the audience. We've created this moment that's made everybody laugh, and mm. also made everybody say, oh, well, that's very clever, yes. Mm. So, and they go out feeling... But it took you a long time to develop the confidence that you felt necessary to be as comfortable as you are now in interacting with an audience. I'll tell you a real breakthrough moment for me. There's um, an Irish comedian called Adrian Walsh. I don't know if you've ever come no, across Adrian. him. He's, he, I think he's did a lot of sort of TV and, and Royal Variety even, I think he's done in his time. And I was working with him. And he, actually, he, three things he did for me. He, um, I was just about to accept a cigarette, having given up for three months, and he put his hand on my wrist and said, don't do it, son, you'll only regret it. So I thank him for that. He also taught me how to apply. He said, son, you've got to put some slap on. Your head's shining like a Belisha beacon. So that was the second thing. And the third thing he told me was, when you're out there in the audience, you're thinking, you're perceiving this audience as this, as this whole, and you're trying to amplify your gestures and play to the crowd. He said, don't do that. So to everybody out there, you're one-on-one. -on -one. Just remember that. 
talk to the audience, fix your eyes on a spot and talk as if you're just talking to one person as I'm talking to you now, having this conversation. Don't need to be any bigger, don't need to do any more gestures, nothing like that. And he said, and if you succeed in doing that and just kind of pacing yourself, slowing yourself down, having a normal conversation, you will drag all of those people into this one-on-one thing and it will be so much better. And that really made sense to me and that's what I've based my entire stage persona on. Anthony, as someone who's made a living as a communicator, and for people listening that don't really want to wait 10 years to develop the skills, have you got any fast-track tips, any advice on how to talk to an audience? Well, the secret is confidence, and confidence and more confidence. There's not much more to it than that. And it's interesting that Harry talks about breakthrough moments. My breakthrough moment as a comic was being booked to go and do a a little bit of warm-up for a film that was being shot at the Richmond Theatre called Crime Time, and it starred one of the Baldwin brothers. And they needed an actress to be in it and play Lady Macbeth on the stage. They'd filled the auditorium. I think it seats nearly 900 people there, possibly 1,000 people. It's a wonderful Victorian theatre. And I was employed just to come on for a few minutes and cover while they waited for the actress to arrive to be in this evening shoot for this Hollywood movie. And I got there and they said, great, on you go. And the actress didn't show up until quarter to 11 at night. Well, I'd got there at (laughs) 6.30. And so I ended up doing nearly four hours on stage with almost 1,000 people in the audience. That's tough. And that was my breakthrough moment because, and I remember looking into the wings and my girlfriend at the time gave me the thumbs up because I dragged her along. And I was like, oh, thank God, I'm done. And I went off to a big round of applause. And she said, what are you doing? I said, well, you gave me the thumbs up. It, it was over. She said, no, I was just saying how well it was going. And out I went and did another two hours. It's like Ken so Dodd. It was a bit like Ken Dodd. <laughs> but, and, and I think once you know that if you do a gig that change, it changes everything and you realise that actually if you can do that you can do this, mm-hmm. you can do that and I found that from being on the radio having a radio show with no script for 15 hours a week mm-hmm. I have to make stuff up and mm-hmm. sound credible mm-hmm. well, it, like you are doing like now, I'm you do doing very good at thank it thank you just for you, yes. this one, no charge. Um, it, it means that you can get up there and actually, as Harry says, just have a conversation. You don't have to be bigger. You don't have to put on clown makeup. You just have to um, talk to the audience as if they are your friend and they will be your friend. And that's the relaxation thing we were talking about at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I just pepper it with a little discomfort because I don't want to be better than the person who I'm introducing. Ah, I see, I see, I understand. But it's all, it's all well saying it's the secret is confidence, but of course... Of course, that's, that's the time, isn't it? Because confident, you, you build confidence from experience, from doing... We have our breakthrough moments, things happen, we have scary moments on stage which we survive, and then the next time that same thing happens to us, we know that it's OK because we've dealt with it before. So com- that's why it takes took you 10, 15 years, because it takes time to build confidence. Yes, it's, there's, there's a direct parallel for me. It's when um, I'm often asked after a show, you know, what goes on in your head when you're asked to play all these different requests in different styles and things like this. And I was going to ask you, actually, what goes on in your head when you're asked to play these different styles? <laughs> well... You can't possibly, you can't think about every note and every chord you're going to do. And the only way I, can, I sort of try and explain it to people is, um, if I said to you, for instance, take a very simple sentence, like I'm, I'm going out walking my dog today, and then I said, well, how would Shakespeare 
might have said mm. that, you would instantly say without thinking, well, forsooth, I walk my hound today, you know. Mm. But and you could do that very easy. You could do it in Dickens style. You can understand how one might do that. Musically, it's just the same. You collect these little sort of elements of styles, little bits that are distilled Debussy, distilled Tchaikovsky, distilled Michael Jackson, and you sort of inflect them into it. And it's, but it's, there's a direct parallel between that and the way you speak to an audience. So it's, this is the way I, I think of it. You, you kind of collect those little conversational niceties, little elegant phrases, things if you, if you say something and you just you think, oh, that works well, that, that always gets a smile when you say that. You mm. store them up, you mm. begin to build mm. this, this bank, this library of, mm. of little phrases. And so you've always got something to kind of fall back on. And that's the thing. So it must always come out that Anthony's brilliant at this. He'll just, it always sounds as if he's reading from a script, even though he's making it up as he's going along. It just sounds so confident and it's nicely measured. And I was going to say the part of the trick is kind of the opposite, is to make it uh you, you're delivering the line as if it's the first time yes. even though it is actually a script yes. you know because we've all you're right we build up this repertoire of little gags and little lines and sometimes we use them i will generally open my act in exactly the same way i've done it in exactly the same way one way or another you know there's variations yes. of it but it's important for me that i'm very comfortable when i open so that i don't want to give myself any brand new material when i open that's not the time um and then we have this repertoire of little things which we they're in the back of our mind and then something will happen somebody will drop a tray or something or somebody will shout something out somebody will sneeze as happened happened last night somebody will sneeze and you think, oh, you have a line for that, and they, they pop yes, into your head. Yes. yes. Well, it's 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 also I'm I'm slightly loath to script the show exactly because and then I think you're just then it does become parrot fashion. But you have an idea of hit points that you're mm. going to say, and it's quite useful just to think of ten different ways of saying even a mundane thing, just slightly altering your phrasing, using a different adjective. You know, you might say it very brightly, or you might come on and rat-a-tat delivery, mm. just something to add different colours every night, and that for me keeps it fresh. And it's, the secret is you're right, just saying it naturally as if it's just occurring to you at the time mm-hmm. and then the, the naturalness and it's and speaking to someone the audience will relax things they think we're safe we're in just safe as you were saying with adrian walsh talking to you saying it's just like a one-on-one conversation that's, yeah. well, that's it's the same thing isn't it if you t- if, yes. if we were chatting now and it sounded like a, a script it, yes. you know if you met somebody for the first time it sounds like a script it would be very boring well, wouldn't we it are, well, am i on the same page, <laughs> <laughs> page 12. <laughs> we've almost run out of time any uh, anthony uh, any uh, final words of wisdom yes Harry mentioned something. Yes, this is definitely going to be wise. Harry laughs. Um, He said it took 10 years. I always say it takes 10 years. I'm sure for you it took about 10 years. And I think if anyone's reading your book or listening to this podcast or your other podcasts, they need to accept the fact that there is no quick route in. I promised them a few hours. Well, they can do something in a few hours. They can read it. But you have to enjoy enjoy the journey. It's all about the ride. Mm, Getting there is actually rather disappointing. And if you've ever had great success, and people I know who are famous, they spend the rest of their lives either trying to maintain it, which is very difficult, and get depressed when it goes downhill. So actually the journey up is the longer it takes, the better. As long as you can afford to live and get experience while you're doing it, that's where the confidence comes from. The fact that you've had a 10-year journey or a 20-year journey doing the same thing. Don't deviate too much, because if we remember our ancestors in show business had an eight-minute act, and they ran that eight-minute act for 40 years around variety halls, and that's why it got so good, because it didn't change. And I think sticking to what you do... Use your instincts to choose your material initially and then just make that, refine that material and enjoy the decade that it takes to get it right. Add anything to that, Harry? No, I do agree with that. Um, um, it, it, it may sound when you're, when you're starting off that kind of eight minutes of material to support you for a life, how do you possibly keep it fresh? And you or I, you and I have both sort of 
come to grips with the fact that we do need to do more things than that. We're, we're taking a bigger tapestry and we're, and we're kind of giving ourselves, giving ourselves a kind of... Uh, I'm finding it difficult to explain this, but taking a risk on stage, basically, asking the with audience... With this show here. To, yes, yeah. well, and, and, and indeed my show. I genuinely don't know what people are going to ask. Mm. So there's, there is that addition to it. But essentially, yes, just to hone the things that you're doing and enjoy those moments. I remember the first time I ever played the Albert Hall, and it had been sort of a, a mecca for me to just, just to get in the place because I had so many magic moments there as a kid, you know, mm. and it was just mm. such an awe-inspiring venue. And I finally got asked to do 15-minute solo as part of a variety show and my mother and father were there and my mother was in the front row I could actually see her and I finished and there was a big round of applause and because because basically I was just doing something silly after a very serious classical thing and so there's you know you're on a winner straight away you're getting a laugh and this big round of applause and I remember standing on the front there and just forcing myself to think now I can die happy I've had a had my, killer 10 minutes in the Albert Hall my mother's in the front row it doesn't get any better than this mm. just stand here linger a little don't be in a hurry to get off stage just enjoy the moment and that's it it's just kind of relishing those moments when they come along Anthony's right that's part of the journey and that's what makes it worthwhile so work hard but enjoy the journey yes Harry the Piano Anthony Davis thank you so much for talking to us on Cabaret Secrets thank you I hope it's recorded <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to this Cabaret Secrets podcast. If you've got any comments or questions, please visit cabaretsecrets.com where you'll also find details of the Cabaret Secrets book, an indispensable guide on how to create your own show, travel the world, and get paid to do what you love. <laughs> <laughs>